it's such an honor to be here. Uh, and I don't say that just because it's a thing that you're meant to say when you come to a place to speak that you're invited to. Um, I say that because I genuinely mean it. It's, um, it's a real honor to be here. It's an honor to um, you know, be part of your journey as a church. Yeah. Uh, every time I come here, I think, I think to myself, man, if there was better surf in Christchurch, I would almost be tempted to move down but, and join you guys. <laughs> uh, and maybe it was a little bit warmer in the winter months. But <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wow. Yeah, you guys could have just moved to our place. Yeah, amen, amen. I think you're needed down here. Um, hey, I just, I just do want to say um, it's been so fun being with you over this weekend, and uh, I have. Sometimes you don't realize what you have when you're in the middle of what you have, and when you're when you've become accustomed to what you have. Um, but for for someone that's come from the outside in and gets to see you carrying what you have, um, you know, for small snippets of the year. Uh, I'm always so encouraged by both what you carry and what you have carried every time I've come, but also by how you have stewarded and how you have grown in what God has given you the year before. And um, there's so many individual people I could pull out and mention, and some of, some of you have already been pulled out and mentioned already um, and thanked this morning, but uh, there's just so many elements that are in so many of you that make this thing work, and um, I'm just impressed by you. I'm impressed by you as a group of people, and you know, we're in, uh, and we've talked about it, we're in a chaotic time in the world. But you're an amazing group of people. And I think um, a lot of what you have um, journeyed up until this point has been somewhat preparation for what you're about to step into. And that um, don't be afraid of the chaos because you were born for the chaos. <laughs> you were born to destroy the chaos. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that David wasn't super stoked on Goliath. And I'm sure that there was the odd thought that popped through his head like, ah, there's a lot more people more qualified than me to deal with this situation, but shivers. doesn't seem like anyone's doing anything. And I'm sure he kind of had that feeling of like, I think this is okay. And then he just did it anyway. He realized that he was born for this moment. And he was willing to take responsibility for the moment that he was born for. And I just want to, um, uh, um, what do you call it? Say, yeah. Um, <laughs> encourage you um, for, for, be, for being a, a group of people who are willing to take responsibility for the moment that you have been called for. And many people aren't, but you are. So, um, so thank you. Thank you on behalf of Aotearoa. Thank you on behalf of New Zealand. Thank you on behalf of the Coromandel for what you're doing in Christchurch. And what you're doing in this nation. Um, kia ora to the online crew. Um, I can't see you, but you can see me. And if I could see you, I'm sure you'd be looking very good right now. Um, 
I do have a couple of things, and then I want to continue kind of on from what I shared. But I do want to just mention that it's a bit of a tough act to follow following Renee, my wife. Uh, that was an amazing word yesterday, and um, I love that. That was just, just awesome. And I do want to say again to the worship team, thank you so much for your worship. Thank you so much for your hearts. Thank you so much for serving us in that way. Uh, this is um, pretty much always my favorite thing about hanging out with you guys is, is being in the worship with you guys. It's just always epic. Um, so thank you for that. I do have a word for um, Joe, for you. I just, uh, just have a few words for some people. Um, Joe, I just saw you, um, I saw you, I saw God putting a big drill in your hand, and I saw the land you were standing on. You were looking out there, and you're always looking out there, and, and that's, all, that's epic. You, you've, you're one that always looks out for others, and I believe God wants you to know God's looking out for you. And I see him putting a drill in your hand, and I see you um, catching a glimpse of what's beneath the soil under your feet. And you're like, whoa, did, did I just see that? Are you serious? And I just see you start to drill into the ground that you're actually standing on. There's something that you're, that you're on right now that God's given you grace to drill into. And I see something springing out of the land. And as it springs out of the land that you're standing on, representing something that's in your life right now, I see, I see um, the, the substance turning into money. And I just feel like there's, fi- there's a real financial favor that's about to come on your life. And there's a financial breakthrough that's about to spring out of the land, that, the, the ground that you are occupying right now as you drill into it. And, um, and God wants you to know that in that context of that word, because you have been one that's looked out for others, God is looking out for you. So I just bless you. And, um, and, and as I was thinking about you, now it's Nathan? Nathan, yeah. I just, um, um, the reason I mentioned David w- w- before is because you reminded me of David before when I looked at you. And, um, and I just want to um, affirm something that's true about your life and that you probably already know. But there's such a David anointing on you. And I believe that you're stepping into a time where um, you'll be tempted to look over your shoulder that way and that way and wonder why people more qualified than you and more able than you aren't stepping into what you see as a great need in front of you. And you'll be wondering, like, I just kind of would be more comfortable if someone went first and I had some people to go with. And I feel like God is just saying, son, go. Like, and, and there's a download. I feel like God wants to just endow you with supernatural courage from his heart. And for you to know that when you step on the field, God steps on the field. That you might sometimes feel alone, but you will never, ever, ever be alone. And there's a, there's a calling on you to be the one that steps first and to look back and watch other people follow. You'll be the first to swing the sword on many occasions. And so I just bless you. There's a real strong leadership mantle on your life. Um, and so I just bless you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, where's Saskia? Cool. I saw you up here, and um, you've always had a roar. Like, I just see this lioness. I see you like a lioness. And you've always had this roar, like this lion's roar. You're, you're, you know, God's obviously anointed your voice and all of that stuff. There's, a, there's like a, um, a fierceness about you, but I saw you like Nala of The Lion King. And I saw, I saw you, um, I, like I saw you as a little cub, and you had this like 
You've always had this roar, but it's kind of like this cute roar, you know, like this, and you've been like, you know, almost like stretching your wings, and, and, and it's like, and like you've seen little birds run away, and you're like, yeah. And, um, and I just saw you transform into adult Nala, and you went, Rawr! but what came out of your mouth was like, Rawr! and you were like, whoa. <laughs> and I just feel like God's about to transform your song. God's about to transform your song into a mighty roar. And there's a real um, upgrade in the spirit for you now. And I just see, I just see a, fr- a fresh, it's almost like you didn't realize it, but God turned up the volume and then your next roar was like, what just happened? And so I just declare that over you. I just, I just feel like God's changing gears in your life right now. Um, and, um, and watch this space, Saskia. I feel like God wants you to know, just have courage. That I feel like God's going to start to speak to you about, about songs. I feel like you're going to start writing songs. You're going to start like prolifically writing songs. And, um, and some of them are going to be like the feeling of like, oh, I don't know if I want to share this with everybody because it's a little bit scary, you know. But I feel like as you do and you, as you step into that vulnerability, that 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 will release the heart of heaven. So I just declare that over you. And, um, and Wadi, I just, um, you as well, I just, there's so much on you, man. There's so much on you. There's so much beneath the surface in you that's beautiful and amazing and God in you. And um, there's so many things that I would like to say to you personally, but I feel like God just has one thing to say to you. I'm sure on another day he might have many other things, but today he just wants to say one thing. And this is by no, way, by no means um, prophesying anything other than what I'm saying. Okay? <laughs> You'll understand why in a second. But I just, I just feel like God wants you to know you're going to be an amazing dad. Now, I'm not saying you're going to have a baby next week. I'm just... <laughs> You got some commentary from the front happening here, but <laughs> but but I, I just I just feel like God wants you to know, and He He really wants you to know from Him, you're going to be an amazing dad. Boom, full stop. <clears throat> Whoa. <laughs> um, uh, is it Sophia? Sophia? Sophie, 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 Sophie. Um, I, I just saw you up here worshiping, and I, I just um, your wider, your spirit, this, the flow of the spirit just coming out of you is just amazing. And I can, I can understand and see. You told me a little bit about your family, and I just can see. Um, you know, there's a well that was that began to be dug by generations gone by, and you are you are in the slipstream of that, and it's. You're carrying on the flow of that, but you're digging into that same well and you're opening it up even more. And it's a beautiful thing. And one thing I see for you is I see like, um, again, an incredible courage on you. But I'm reminded of a conversation I had with a friend who um, has turned his backyard into a food farm. And um, one of the things he was growing is uh, thornless blackberries, which is quite cool, isn't it? Thornless blackberries. And he said, it's epic because you can just go, you can just run into the blackberry bush and just pick the blackberries and you, there's no, 
you just never get spiked. It's just epic. And um, I feel like uh, God was saying that you're like a thornless blackberry. And, um, and I, just, um, I just feel like there's a grace on you to, to bring up curly conversations and to speak to, into controversial issues with such grace that you take the thorns out of them and, and that you bring the fruit out of them, that you have an incredible grace to look past the dirt, look past the offense, and to pull out the gold and to lead other people in that same way. And I just see thorned blackberry groves, whatever you call those, um, being transformed into thornless blackberry groves. And there's a treasure in there. And I feel like God has called you to be a, a guardian of the treasures of, of dark places. Like there's, there's deep, dark, you know, the, the deeper you dive in the ocean, the darker it gets. But there's treasures down there. And you have to, you have to search out the darkness to find those treasures. And I just feel like there's a grace on you to plumb the treasures of the deep places that others maybe, you know, either aren't graceful or are afraid to go into. Um, so where God leads you into those kind of things where you're like, oh, really, God? I just feel like he wants you to know, like, you have a grace to disarm a whole bunch of offense where there's been offense. Yeah, so just bless you. Yeah. Shaka Baba. Um, and then um, Amy and Sam, I just um, have a word for you guys, both of you. Um, and uh, Amy, f first of all, God drew my attention to you. And as I was asking him about you, it was like he drew my attention to Sam. And then I saw the bass guitar that Sam was playing. It's a Samic bass guitar. And, um, and God was just speaking to me about the Samic bass guitar. And he said that um, the Samic is going to turn into a hammock. And I know that sounds very strange, but um, I, just, I just feel like, um, first of all, I feel like there's more than enough room for everything that's in your heart right now. But I feel like you're coming into a season where God is going to begin to refocus and refine some of the things. It's almost like he's going to take you into a funnel season where he's going to bring everything together and converge everything together. And he's going to show you a new rhythm. You're going to come into alignment with a new rhythm which will, will come, I believe, musically, that, that you'll actually, there'll be an interaction with music that will actually begin to teach you a new rhythm in life. And I just see this hammock swinging, and it's swinging haphazardly, but it all of a sudden aligns with this new song. And I feel like God wants, to know, wants you to know that He's about to align you with a rhythm of rest that isn't an activity. You're going to get more stuff done than ever before, but there's a rhythm of rest in it. And I just see you both resting back, and you're going to feel like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. We feel just so rested. But look at all this stuff just getting done. It's incredible. And I just, I just declare rest over you. There's strategy for rest. It's like wisdom to create rest in your lives um, and wisdom to impart that rest, not in activity, but that rest, the spirit of rest to others. So I just bless you guys. Shaka Baba. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. Look at the clock for remaining time. Time <laughs> issues. Time issue, look at the clock for remaining time. Am I looking at I at 24 minutes? Come on. That's heaps of time. I've got so much time. <laughs> okay, cool. Hey, so what I want to uh, talk about 
I feel like I have a word for the church and for the time that we're in right now. It's carrying on from the word I spoke on Friday that uh, about the the sort of peace. And I want to talk about what, and then I want to talk about how. I want to talk about what, and I want to talk about how. I want to talk about what God is doing and what the enemy is doing, and I want to talk about a how too from there. Before I talk about how, I'm going to talk about what, and to talk about what, I want to refer to 2 Kings chapter 6, and Renee brought it up yesterday, and I felt like God just spoke to me in that moment, 2 Kings chapter 6, where um, where there's a story of Elijah and his, his servant, and Elijah the prophet is telling um, the king of Israel the words that the king of Syria is speaking in his bedroom. That's a pretty cool prophetic anointing, by the way. You know, imagine if um, you had that level of word of knowledge. That's pretty epic. And he's, um, you know, the enemy's got an agenda and the enemy's got a plan to take out and to take over the people of God and to overwhelm the strategy of heaven on earth. And every time they go to initiate that strategy, because of the voice of God through the prophet, through the prophet, the enemy's plan is um, comes to nothing every time and is avoided every time. And there's a wisdom that Israel embraces through the word of the prophet, through that prophetic anointing that actually guards and preserves and promotes the kingdom of heaven on earth, which is powerful. And it gets to the point where it becomes the Syrians the Syrian army, the Syrian king's number one main primary problem is one man, not a company, not a whole church, not a whole group of people. It just was one guy that became the issue for an entire opposing nation. And we can take that um, as a, um, a symbol of the Syrian army as a symbol of the enemy, Satan's plan for New Zealand, and Elijah and, the pro- and his servant, uh, unless like you and me. That's you and me. That's the church carrying the prophetic anointing in our day. And, um, and so he's like, okay, this is ridiculous, man. We, can, we literally, imagine Satan standing there. We literally can't do anything because this freaking prophet keeps calling us out. He's so tuned into the heart of God. And every time he speaks, heaven is released to the point that we literally are stopped dead in our tracks before we can even do anything. Our agenda cannot carry on with the prophetic voice. And so what is the agenda of the enemy in that scenario? The agenda of the enemy is shut down the prophetic voice, shut down the prophetic anointing, shut down the voice of heaven through the people of God. And so he he goes with the entire army around Elijah's house and around the, the servant is there as well. And he surrounds the house and he, go, he, he is there with the intent of annihilating the prophetic anointing so that he can carry on his agenda. This is, by the way, what the enemy is doing right now. And, um, and he gets there and he's like, ha we've got you now. We've surrounded you now. <laughs> and what he doesn't know is that he's actually surrounded. And the servant comes down and is like, Hey, master, we're surrounded. And he's like, mate, mate, relax. It's all good. Relax. What are you talking about? Relax. We're surrounded. I can't relax. We've got a whole national army around us. You know, it's easy as a church to feel a little bit surrounded at the moment. And in some ways, the church is surrounded at the moment. 
I'm not pointing fingers at anyone other than the devil, but there is a surrounding. Part of what I talked about on Friday morning, we're surrounded by a chaos and by an agenda that's not God's agenda that is trying to divert heaven's agenda. And the prophet says this, the prophet's heartbeat is this, I will not be distracted from the heartbeat of heaven. I will not be torn aside by the, uh, by the panic in the present. And he says, God, open his eyes that he may see. And the servant's eyes are open and he sees angels like a ring of fire around the enemy army. And all of a sudden, the enemy army are struck blind. In other words, confusion gets confused. Now, we are beginning to see this happen right now, by the way. Confusion is becoming confused. And the confused confusion gets led into captivity and Israel is free again. The agenda of heaven pushes forward. This is, but if the enemy could have silenced the prophet, if the enemy could have silenced the voice of God, the word of God through the, through the mouthpiece, through the avenue of the prophets. Now, you are the prophet in the story for today. And the enemy has an agenda to surround your life with panic and anxiety and chaos in order to distract you from heaven's voice through you. Because if he can shut down heaven's voice through you, he can have our nation. We have a you, Harmony Church. Us as the church in New Zealand have a unique role in this time right now. And there are many examples of the, of the church of New Zealand engaging in their role from a completely wrong and inappropriate perspective. <laughs> The enemy wants to shut down God's voice through you. The truth is that words carry the life substance of the source they are from to accomplish the thing they communicate. I'll say that one more time. Words carry, now when I say words, I'm talking about words out of your mouth. But I'm talking about songs, I'm talking about paintings, I'm talking about um, business ideas, I'm talking about your expression of life, what flows out of your life. What, what you agree with through your actions. <clears throat> words carry the life substance. Words were primarily not for communication, but for creation. You just need to look at Genesis for that. Words carry the life substance of the source they are from to accomplish the thing they communicate. What source are you receiving your words from? And then how are you expressing those words? If you're receiving this, if your source of expression is the New Zealand Herald or Facebook or anything like that, and you're wrapped up in a conversation that heaven's not having, then you are by default, no matter how good your argument sounds, you are by default, no matter how rational or reasonable it sounds, you are enforcing a spirit that is not God's spirit on the earth. You're establishing a kingdom that's not God's kingdom. It might sound good. It might sound appropriate. It might even be helpful in the, in the interim or in the right now. But long term, it's not establishing God's kingdom. There are more important things to be engaged in. And it is crucial that you don't allow the surrounding of the enemy to divert you from heaven's voice in your heart and through your heart. Yeah, so good. <clears throat> 
What does the spirit of prophecy look like through you? Um, some of you might be fooled into thinking I'm talking to only prophets. No, I'm talking to every single person, whether you're a prophet or just a person. <laughs> who is carrying a spirit of prophecy. You are carrying the spirit of prophecy for now. You don't have to be a prophet to carry the spirit of prophecy. The, if you're filled with the spirit of God, which is, I'm assuming, every person in this room, God is on your life and in your life. You are carrying a spirit of prophecy for right now. And it manifests through your life differently than it manifests through my life. Renee was talking about photography. Um, there's so many different avenues that, that prophetic anointing flows through. But if you wake up in the morning, you can guarantee that every breath you take is an opportunity to express one spirit or another. To establish and to enforce one kingdom or another. You can't take a breath without, without in some way enforcing one kingdom or another. Your expression of life is a flow from one source or another, whether you know that or not, or whether you like that or not. <laughs> and if you find yourself out of the flow of heaven or disconnected and connected to a conversation that God is not having from heaven to earth, then it's just an easy fix. It's just reconnect to the right conversation. And if you can't reconnect to the right conversation, if your head is filled with Herald articles and Facebook comments, then have a cup of coffee with Gideon or Catherine or someone else. Someone that you recognize is tuned into the conversation that is from heaven to earth. And get realigned. Ask someone to pray for you. Um, I, lo I love, I love, I just love it when God speaks. I love it when God speaks. And the way we live determines whether we're listening to what God is speaking or not. And I love it that our lives manifest the kingdom of God subtly, gently, powerfully, you know, um, disruptively, um, and in every single different way. God's kingdom flows through our lives. It can be so gentle that you can hardly see it. And then there can be moments where it just explodes and tumors explode off people's bodies. Yeah. Um, it, it manifests in so many different ways. But if you, if you keep in the flow, you'll see all the different ways flow through your life. I mean, I, I love that story of Renee that she shared yesterday walking down Queen Street. I just love that story because it's just, she heard the simple voice of God say, just go and tell that person that I love her. Ask her if anyone's told her that. And, she's, and she just... Didn't, didn't divert the flow of heaven. She flowed with the flow of heaven that way. And, and the fear, the surrounding of the enemy was trying to pull her that way, but she flowed that way. And as she flowed that way, it, it, it empowered the kingdom of heaven to flow on that person's life. Now, that doesn't seem rational to me. I mean, I sort of think about that and think, that's just like three words. God loves you. That's just three words. I mean, and from a total stranger, and I've said that to thousands of people and nothing's really happened. It's always awesome, but sometimes it's not dramatic like that. And then Renee says it under the unction of the Spirit, and boom! She like bursts into tears, has this crazy encounter with God. I think she got saved, and it was just incredible. I love it how the Spirit of prophecy can flow through our lives. I, I was asked to do a painting for a... Um, 
for a community in Whangarei, um, which is a gang community. Super, lots of social issues. <laughs> and, um, and I did this painting, and the painting, I, I asked the Lord for a word, and then I asked God how to put it into a visual image, and I spray-painted on a wall that was about, I don't know, nearly the length of this wall here. And, um, and, and then I left. And then the next day, I saw someone from that community, and they said, man, you're that painter, eh? Man, you wouldn't believe what happened last night. Boo. <laughs> Boo. You wouldn't believe it. And I said, well, tell me, what happened? And, it, and they said, Boo, you know, this has never happened, eh? I'm like, well, what happened? <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I came down here like half an hour after you left. Bro, like all of the komatoa, all of the elders of the community, all of the komatoa, they all came down. I never even ever see them together doing anything. They don't even like each other. And they came down and they started to stand in front of the wall because they said there's a wairua coming from that painting. There's aroha coming from that painting. Wairua means spirit, aroha means love. And they said, there's, a, there's something in the wairua that's coming over our community from that painting. We need, to, uh, we, need to ask, we need to sit in front of it and ask, what is the wairua? And so they sit in front of the painting and they start, they start discussing how they're going to bring change and realign their community to the wairua that's flowing from the painting, which is the Holy Spirit. I went back a year later and I was redoing the mural. <laughs> and this um, lady came up to me and she said, Oh, you, you did this last one, eh? Yeah. Oh. Man, that was mean, that one. That was a <laughs> she, goes, she, goes, she goes, you know, it's like, it's like um, man, love is in the wairua of our, of our town since you painted that. Like where my kids are misbehaving sometimes, I sometimes come and I say, man, thank you for the wairua. And I take that and I just, I, I just take it like love and I just throw it at my kids. <laughs> and sometimes they just change. Sometimes they just change. I'm like, serious? She's like, oh, yeah, this has helped me and my family hard out. And then she was like, what are you going to do this time? <laughs> I said, you know, that's the Holy Spirit. And then on that same day, we saw many miracles, including uh, there was someone that had a scar down her hand on the palm of her hand. The scar just disappeared as we prayed for them. Someone's I remember someone's phone had run out of battery, and they were like, oh, this sucks. My phone's out of battery. Can you, God, charge my phone? And, uh, and we prayed, and the phone charged. <laughs> Full battery. That's a prophetic flow that you can step into. When God's speaking, it's, it's big, long-term stuff, but it's specific, small stuff like that, too. It's everything in between. But the important thing is do not be disconnected from the flow of heaven. Do not, do not be distracted like their servant was distracted. Instead, pray this. Pray, God, open my eyes so that I can never stop seeing. <clears throat> There's a person here. Um, oh, I, can't, I, I don't know if you're here, and I can't fully remember your name. Um, but we had that word on Friday morning about the smell and taste. Yeah, and your smell and taste came back, right? Smell, there it is. And she, and she wasn't even in the meeting. Yeah, yeah, Richard, like, dummy, poof, passed it out, and uh, passed it out wide, and boom, smell and taste came back. 
That's epic. That's epic. That's just, that's just what happens when God's word is released on earth is that words aren't there to communicate primarily. They're there to create the thing that God is wanting to create on earth. 1 John 4 verse 7 says this, Beloved, let us love one another. It's actually amazing how many times that's mentioned in the New Testament. It's actually the one commandment Jesus gives us. Beloved, let us, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. That word know is experiential knowledge. He who does not love is not experiencing God. I recommend living a life where you are a continual experience of God to the world uh, and are in a continual experience with God yourself. Yeah. I just recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> I just recommend that. And if you've fallen away from love, then you've fallen away from that experience. And there's a great promise and there's an opportunity for you to return to your first love. To stick some worship music on, to get around some people that love Jesus, to maybe ask some people for prayer and to say, you know, I want to reconnect with the experience of the love of God. And, um, and it says this, for God is love. When our lives prophesy or express anything other than love or anything that is counter to or disruptive to love, then we are, we are uh, releasing, we are establishing a kingdom that is not God. Now, now, what I'm not saying, this is just I put a little note here because I wanted to make a little note. What I'm not saying is that um, you shouldn't voice your opinion. I'm not saying that you shouldn't voice your opinion. I think you should be free to have opinions about things and have different opinions about things. I think you should be free. If you see the shirt as black and gold, you should be free to say, oh, I see it black and gold without fear for, of being ab, uh, abused by the green and blue guys. <laughs> I, think, I think it's okay for you to have an opinion. The big thing is how you express that opinion. The big thing is that you express that opinion with respect for people that might have a different opinion to you. The big thing is that when you voice that opinion, when you give that out, you give room for other people to have their opinion without being ashamed of their opinion in your presence. They actually give people room to say, oh, you know what, I've got a different opinion, and they feel safe to say that with you. That you communicate your opinion in a way where there is safety and there is health and there is wholeness in your communication because that's how heaven communicates. It's a little note. Um, so this is what I believe that the enemy is wanting to break down, distract, and disconnect you from the flow of heaven. He's wanting to snuff out the prophetic anointing in New Zealand so that he can continue on with his strategy of, take of the takeover of Aotearoa. And I want to encourage you with all my heart, stand firm in the voice of heaven. It, it, identify what God is speaking through you in love and release that in love to the world. Let your light shine. Let your voice be heard. Do not be silent. 
and release everything you release in the spirit of love. Um, here's how I believe this is a how of I believe the enemy is um, is using a specific strategy right now. I, I, I'm, I marginally apologize for mentioning the enemy. I know we don't need to think about the enemy, but I want you to be wise to know what strategies are being played out in New Zealand right now because we are in a bit of a warfare mo moment right now. And so it would be unwise to just ignore that and sweep that under the rug. Um, I want to share a how. And to do that, I want to just share a quick quick little thing that happened in Tairua. We have a little um, church community, and uh, it's, without going into detail, it's a different kind of church expression to what you guys are experiencing here. And that's just because that's just Tairua. Um whether you like it or not, it's what it is. And um, But there's this epic little chat group, and we get together and worship all the time, and we do things, and we have fellowship together, and we pray together, and we da-da-da-da do all the stuff. Um, and there's a chat group for the ch for the, the Church of Taito, which is basically all the Christians in Taito. And um, it got in the chat group, it got into um, the the anti-vax, pro-vax conversation, and then, it, and then that transitioned into the pro-Trump, anti-Trump conversation. And then that transitioned into the pro and to the, um, to the global warming, non-global warming conversation. And it just went through all the, it just like all of a sudden, all the controversial things all erupted at the same time through one conversation. And one of my good friends, um, and I won't tell you what side of the equation he stood on, but he uh, basically said, listen, I, if this is, you know, if this is what it is, if this is what it is, and if, if, um, if you guys believe this about dot, dot, and dot, then I can't, I'm not going to be part of this group anymore. I don't, want to, I, I don't want to fellowship with people that believe the political perspectives that you guys believe. And he was really referring to one person in the group and left the group. Now, it's, it's one thing to do that in a city as big as Christchurch, but in a town as small as Tairua, I mean, you can't walk down the road without seeing everybody. And so it's a little bit of a hard thing to avoid. You might be able to leave the chat group, but you're not going to leave the community. It's like, it's like living at church camp full time. You're just there with everyone. You can't walk back to your cabin without seeing everybody at camp. That's exact. I'm not joking. That's what it's like. Sometimes I, try, I feel like wearing a mask to um, Foursquare is just a great strategy of the Lord because you can kind of hide and like walk in and not be seen. Not spend three hours at Foursquare. Um, anyway, he left the group. And I was praying about that, and I, I felt really burdened by this because I just was like, man, why can't we just be together? Why can't we just be together and love one another? And surely there's a higher agenda, and surely we're just being distracted by this rubbish from the enemy. What is up with this? And I was like, God, shall I take this guy for a cup of coffee, or should I... Um, should I have a word with them? Like, what should I do? It's such a sensitive thing. And when people have that bee under their bonnet, it's so hard to communicate with them because they've already made their mind up. Yeah. And I was, I was just like, how do I deal with this, God? What, 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 do I, what do I do? And I just felt like, number one, he said, just pray for him. Just pray for him. And then number two, he said this. And he referred to Matthew 16, 6 and Mark 8, 15. And he said, he said this is the big thing. This is the big thing. And this is what I want you to tell the church. He said, beware the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In Mark 8, it says, beware the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. It means the same thing. 
And I was like, Lord, what does that mean? And, <clears throat> and I felt like he said to me this, and I did some research on it as well. He said, the, the, um, the Sadducees and the Pharisees were, back in those days, religion and politics were one. And really, really, even above the fact that they were two religious groups and two kind of theological standpoints or perspectives in Israel, the Sadducees and the Pharisees were more primarily actually two political groups. And um, he began to talk to me about how um, one of the things that they had in common was that their form of religion was shaped by or I could say what they looked like was determined by their political, social, and ideological preferences. Their religion or their service to God was there really to, to reinforce and serve their political preferences. In other words, their God experience and the way they carry God was held by and founded on and shaped by their, their worldly political preferences rather than their political preferences being held by their faith in their experience of and their relationship with God. That's a big thing right now. And I felt like what God was saying to me <clears throat> was that it's super important for us to not be swept up by or um, infected with the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It's so important for that yeast not to get into our loaf and, and, and cause a, a pride and a rising in our hearts where we are more aligned with our political preferences than our faith in God and our love for one another. Yeah. And I started to realize it is like yeast. It happens gradually. It happens subtly. It happens Facebook comment by Facebook comment, Herald article by Herald article, conversation by conversation. Someone's saying one thing to you and you'll be like, I don't agree with that. Man, that didn't, that didn't feel good. And then all of a sudden you're hit by something else. Oh, I don't agree with that either. I don't agree with that. And then you start feeling like I have to defend my point of view. And then all of a sudden in defending your point of view, you start to feel like, huh, I've actually got to make a stand for my political point of view because this is important. And it actually does literally mean something for your nation. It does have consequences. That's why the Pharisees and the Sadducees were so popular in their day because they were actually about making change in their nation in various different ways. But Jesus was like, beware of their ways. Because if you align your faith in God and that becomes founded on your political preferences and, and it's, it's out of a heart to see change in your nation, then that will be like yeast. And it will actually draw you away. It will form you and shape you away from me. I'm the potter and you're the pot and I want to shape you into my likeness. But if you align yourself with the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, if you allow, and we are in a political swirl right now, and that's why I'm, you, I'm talking about politics right now, because you can't avoid it right now. We're in a politically charged time right now. But if you allow yourself to jump, you are jumping on a different potter's wheel. And someone else who is not God is going to start shaping your life, and you'll begin to look like, and you'll begin to project an image that's not God's image. How does it happen? It happens the same way that yeast gets into a loaf of bread, subtly and sneakily. <laughs> you know, you know that it's you know that you've got it, you know that you've got a yeast infection. 
I'll tell, you, I'll tell you when you know you've got a yeast infection. Some people have a yeast infection. And you know you have a yeast infection when you find yourself talking about your political perspective or your sociological perspective more than your Jesus perspective. You, you know you have a yeast issue when you're spending more time meditating on your favorite Facebook conspiracy or your favorite Facebook thing more than Scripture, the Word of God, the, prophet, the prophetic words that have been made over you. You've, you know that when you're, you have a yeast infection, when, you, when you're hanging out with mates, you're just always diverting into the COVID conversation, the vaccination conversation, the labor national conversation. By the way, the Sadducees and the Pharisees are basically Israel's version of labor and national. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. That's literally what it was like. You got labor supporters, you got national supporters. I want to tell you one thing, guys. This is a different sermon, really, but I want to tell you one thing. Your primary citizenship is in heaven. <laughs> People ask me, well, what's my political preference? I've got political preferences for, my, 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 for earthly politics. Of course I do. But they pale in comparison to my allegiance to the King of Kings. I'm, from, I'm actually from a different government. I, re I represent a totally different kingdom. I have a di my prime minister is actually Jesus. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not part of the team of five million. <laughs> I mean, I am part of the team of five million, but I'm, my, my primary team, my primary team is not the team of five million. My primary team is a team more like there's probably billions of people. There's a whole heavenly host of people. There's a great cloud of witnesses. I'm part of an eternal team. Be careful you don't unsubscribe from that team. <laughs> I want to tell you one thing. <laughs> it's a better team. <laughs> that's, it. We are, that's the winning team, okay? And, we're, and we, are, we have been sent from that team to this nation to be ambassadors of another kingdom. To influence the kingdoms of the world, to become the kingdoms of God, to become the kingdom of God. Kingdoms, not God doesn't have kingdoms. Kingdom of God. We, we haven't been sent to earth to be so shaped by the kingdoms of the world that, that, that we're shaped by the kingdoms of the world and we're influenced by the kingdoms of the world and then we apply that to our relationship to God. We're not called, we're not designed to live from earth to heaven, but from heaven to earth. It's easy. It's easy. And this is how easy it is. Just, just make your mind up what you're going to give your attention to. Make your mind up what you're going to allow to flow out of your life. Whatever you give voice to through your life, whatever you give expression to through your life will grow. Whatever you silence through your life will die. And if you're like, oh, Far out. I've got a yeast infection and I know it. Easy fix. It might take some discipline. It might take some intentionality. It might take some accountability. It might take some repentance from time to time when you slip up. But silence the voice of the yeast. Silence the voice of the Pharisees or the Sadducees, whatever particular side you align with. Just silence that in your life. 
and, and turn the volume up on God's voice. Some of you might be like, I don't know, how do I turn the volume up on God's voice? Well, I mean, there's some good places to start. One is just read this, read scripture. Another is um, sit down with one of the leaders of this church and ask, hey, could you guys tell me some of the prophetic words that we've received as a church over the last 10 years? Because I really want to align my life with those words. Because those words aren't just for everyone else, they're for me too. I want to align with those words. I want, to align, I want to align with what God's saying over us as a body. I want to be part of that. Get a list of all the words that have been spoken over Harmony Church and align with those words and let them become way more dominant in your heart than anything else. Get a, get a, um, get a list of all the words that have been spoken over you personally and start to align with those words. Start to stand in those words. Start to meditate on those words. Start to express those words. Start to ask God, God, what is one step I can take today to step towards the fulfillment of that word? Coming to an end because I have to. I, you know, I believe that as a nation, I just, I just, maybe this is, um, you know, maybe this is just because I have a particular bias for New Zealand, I don't know, but I just believe that we, we have an opportunity to actually show the world another way. I believe we have an opportunity to I believe it's not this way or that way. I believe Jesus has a different way. I believe we have an opportunity to be actually ambassadors of, of his kingdom on earth. And I believe that it's, it's got to be seen from the church. It's got to be seen in the church. You guys, this is a crucial time. And with everything in my heart, I'm like, guys, like, it doesn't matter what everyone else, stand firm. Stand firm in the nature of God. Stand firm in the Word of God. Stand firm in the love of God. And when the enemy's surrounding you, pray. Just pray, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes to be more aligned with you than everything else. And I'm, and I'm, I'm overemphasizing the point because you, to do this, you need to be intentional about it. We're, we're, we're not in last season anymore. We're in this season now. Last season was a little bit of a deck chair season in some ways. You could get your deck chair out and you could kind of relax a little bit and it just, it, it could happen a, a little bit more like that. This season is not like that. We're in a war season right now. And you don't bring your, you know, your togs and your deck chair to the war season. <laughs> you bring some intentionality. You might need to do some training. You get ready for a war season. You're focused in a war season. You're not distracted. You are, you are feeding yourself the right diet in a war season. You're shaving off everything unnecessary in a war season. That's where we're in right now. And it's a war that's wanting to bring division. And what do we do? We bring love. That's what we bring. So this is what I want to do. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you as a church. I want to pray that um, I, I just see a flow of love coming out of this church, but I see like God's hand reaching in and he's pulling rocks out of the well. And I see a wellspring of love just erupting like a geyser out of this church. And I just believe that there are some who are activated and there are others who are dormant in their 
expression of the love of God to the world. And I feel like God is wanting to unblock wells in your heart. And He's wanting to unblock wells in this church. And I don't say that because it's completely blocked. I say that because there's always room to get more unblocked. There's always room to get more unblocked. And so I want to pray for you. I want to pray for an unblocking of the wells. I want to pray that your eyes will be open to see God. I want to pray that you would be more overwhelmed by Him than anything else. You were, you were created to be overwhelmed by God. And if you're not overwhelmed by God, you'll be overwhelmed by other things. But either way, you'll be overwhelmed. You just get to decide what overwhelms you. My, my prayer, I want to pray this morning that you be completely overwhelmed by God. You'd be overwhelmed by the glory of God, that you'd be overwhelmed by the song of God, you, that you'd be overwhelmed by the voice of God, that you'd be overwhelmed by the nature of God, that you'd be overwhelmed by the beauty of God, that you'd be overwhelmed by His affection towards you, that you'd be overwhelmed by His dreams for you, that you'd just be overwhelmed by God. And I want to pray for an unearthing of a spirit of prophecy to manifest through love through you. I I just believe that God's actually wanting to drop on people this morning a mantle of prophecy. Now, I'm not saying that God's marking people as prophets, maybe. But what I am saying is God wants to mantle you with prophecy. He wants to mantle you with a clarity of vision and a clarity of hearing and a boldness and a courage of expression that you can be Him to the world around you. I just believe that many of you are even experienced God in that. And so, first of all, let's start here. If you're, and this will take maybe a little bit of humility. And how many know God gives grace to the humble, but He opposes the proud, so it's epic for there to be an opportunity for humility in the room. But I just want to give opportunity for those of you who may who you're like, oh golly, I've got a yeast infection. I need to get, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I need some grace to get rid of this yeast infection. Okay, if that's if that's you, then we'll just start and we'll we'll pray for you. If that's you, just stand up right now. Like I said, um, you know that's you, and it's because uh, you'll know that's you because you spend more time thinking about other things and about what God's saying. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, God, I thank you for your grace. And why don't we all just pray together? Lord, I just thank you for your grace. I just thank you for your grace. Lord, I just declare where there has been that yeast that you would dissolve the yeast, God. Overwhelm these ones, God, with your nearness, with your presence, with your voice, with your agenda. With your agenda, God. Just break that assignment of the enemy right now. Break that assignment of the enemy right now. Break that assignment of the enemy right now. Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Father, right now I just 
declare over this room right now. I just want to ask you to just prepare your heart to receive. I know I've probably talked a little bit long, but just prepare your heart to receive from the Spirit now. This belief He wants to give people freshness. He wants to do various different things in people's hearts and people's lives. But I just release the spirit of prophecy over this room. I release the spirit of prophecy over this room in Jesus' name. 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 Holy Spirit. You just feel God just stirring your heart right now into this, and you're like, man, yeah, that's me. I just I just 100% receive that. And just, just stand up into that right now. Just stand up into that right now. Father, just release that spirit of prophecy. And I speak over this church right now. Just speak over this church. God, open their eyes that they would see so clearly. Open their eyes. Open our eyes, Holy Spirit, that we'll see everything you're doing, God. I declare an opening of the eyes. And I declare an anointing to open eyes. I declare a grace to open eyes. A grace to open eyes. I declare that same grace that was on the prophet to not be distracted. I declare that steadfastness, that firmness, that faithfulness to your voice and to your flow, God. I declare that over these ones in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just speak over you, fear not. Fear not, don't be afraid. God is not afraid. I just declare over you that we have been, um, where heaven's radio station has been distorted, that there's a clar- clarification, there's a clearing up of the airwaves. I speak around the air around you, the atmosphere around you. I just speak a clarity of God around you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. That peace and that rest to know that God is with you. That peace and that rest to know that God is with you. That peace and that rest to know that God is with you. And I just declare an unblocking of every well. The unblocking of every well in Jesus' name. 